Now presenting. And I'm so sick of people saying that that love is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast. Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream. Totally by guess. Snap out of it. Starring Hope Johansson. I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt. Yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you would. Hey, I'm Hope. Hey, I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks. Madeline, what have you been up to this week? Ah, uh, nothing much. I recently watched You've Got Mail, which, <gasps> right? Oh my gosh, that's one of my favorite movies. Like, that is such a good comfort movie. Oh, I can't believe I hadn't seen it, but it was on HBO Max. <laughs> so obviously I had to watch it and I loved it living in New York and watching movies in New York it's like my favorite thing ever because back home I would watch them and be like oh someday and now like living here and th like at the end they go to I want to say not like a park on 91st street it's like a garden on the west side and i'm literally probably gonna go there for a walk today yes because i need to live my you've got mail moment and i just oh it, it's so charming and tom hanks and meg ryan and i i recently had watched when harry met sally i needed to now watch you've got mail and i need to watch all of these lovely lovely like sort of classic rom-coms and oh, i just i loved it it's maybe not the greatest movie of all time for sure but it's a good watch and yeah it's a good comfort movie like you said mm -hmm. and i also watched a student film called phoebe which i actually found from tiktok <laughs> kind of funny i really enjoyed it it was about this fish who goes to college and it's only i want to say it was like seven minutes long it was kind of hilarious and the color grading was amazing it's like this sparkly pink fish and it like has this amazing voiceover character i loved it and i wanted to be like like an adult swim tv show like i feel like somebody needs to pick this up it was released in 2019 but the girl in her tiktok was saying like she made it for her i think it was her thesis mm. and then she submitted it for festivals so of course there's a lot of like rules and regulations there where you know it can't premiere before or it can't have this and that so it's kind of been under the locks for a hot minute but she released it after posting on tiktok talking a bunch of people were like oh my gosh i need to see this short film that you made and it was just really adorable and it inspired me to kind of be a little bit more creative and it had this sort of like adult content but this children's tv show feel which i thought was really playful and fun and yeah it inspired me which i think at the end of the day is like what i love from film what oh, about yeah. you what's been inspiring you lately what have you been watching i saw born yesterday for the first time as we know i like old films i'm i'm a very big old film buff and i love judy holiday she is honestly i think one of the most underrated actresses from back in the day like 
you know, she she was very famous at the time, but I feel like no one is talking about her anymore, but she's perfect in every single way and has such truthful storytelling. And she's so funny and I love her so much. She's a huge inspiration to me. But I had never seen Born Yesterday, which is fantastic. She she plays this like girlfriend to this mob boss, but they've been together for like nine years and living together. And in order for him to keep like all of his, you know, assets and stuff secret and to like not get in trouble with the law, she signs her name on everything. So like everything he owns is legally in her name, which is really cool. The mob boss, then they go to DC and the whole film is set in Washington, DC, which is amazing because you get these like all of these great actual shots of them walking around DC and being at the monuments and stuff. And it's really, really cool. So while the mob boss is making all of these deals with all of the political figures and senators, he hires this journalist to kind of watch after Judy Holiday and and make her smart. That's that's what he wants because the boyfriend's always like, you embarrass me when you say all of these dumb things and you're so dumb and you're so stupid. Like, I'm going to hire this man to make you smart, which like, ouch. But it's fine because yeah. she ends up being smarter than him in the end. But it's this, it's this really great journey. And then, you know, obviously she falls in love with William Holden, who plays the journalist, and they run away together in the end and outsmart the mob boss. And it's so fantastic and she also has some of the best costumes oh my gosh it's it's stunning and the set design is gorgeous too and it's such a such a good watch i love it i'm gonna have to watch that i love old films and i do not watch nearly enough of them and you always inspire me to watch more and kind of jump out (laughs) of my my comfort movie zone of dramas and like you know me watching a movie from the 90s i'm like wow i'm watching old movies i'm (laughs) cultured (laughs) literally it's bad so i'm working on that but i love that and i love a movie with good set design so i'm definitely gonna have to watch that and the movie that we're discussing today, The Father, also had beautiful set design. I mean, it wasn't anything super crazy, out of the ordinary, out of the box, but it takes place in London, which is beautiful, stunning. I need to go very, very soon once all of this crazy pandemicness is over. Um, hopping on a plane and visiting, just like I'm going to do in New York with You've Got Mail, I need to do with this. Even though you don't see too much of London, I was, uh, I just, I I need to go. I need to go see the beauty that is the streets of London. It's the best. And these apartments were beautiful and also very well decorated, which I have an apartment and now that I have a place of my own, I'm like, it is hard to like curate a space and it also takes a lot of money. So yes, <laughs> I cannot maybe do as well as they do, but it's really, really nice. But that's not even my favorite part of the film. I loved the dialogue and also how it was written. And I think what makes this 
film so special is it's directed by Florian Zeller and written for the screen by Christopher Hampton, who adapted it from Florian Zeller's play. And just like we talked about last week with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I think both of us are pretty partial <laughs> because we both are theater majors and I love a film adapted from a play. Like this mm-hmm. really solidified that. And like I said with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I want to see this on the stage so bad now. And honestly, once again, such a privilege to have this as a film and also a really well done film. Yes. Like, there, I can't tell you the amount of times where I have studied a play and I'm like, oh my God, there's they made it into a movie. I'm going to watch the movie. And I'm like, oh. Or like with The Graduate where it was a film and then they tried to make it into a play. And I don't know, I haven't seen the play, but I've read the play and I just feel like it doesn't translate as well. Mm-hmm. It's very hard to be able to take one medium and make it into another. But I feel like they did this very successfully. And the way that this is structured, I would be so interested to see how it works as a play and especially because there's these moments where we are seeing a character be played by multiple actors and that is fascinating to me but also on the screen that's so clear like oh it's a different person but i you know if you if you are in the budget seating of a broadway theater (laughs) and you are up in the balcony these people better look really different because i don't know if i would notice right but you know watching it on the big screen i this was the first movie that i saw in theaters once they reopened and watching this on the big screen i was like okay that is clearly a different person but i don't know if i would have caught it if i was watching this on stage but i'd be very interested to see how they navigate that because i think it worked very successfully with this but it could have been very hard to pull off but i think that worked so well because it is directed by the playwright And it seems like he probably worked very closely with Christopher Hampton to get this made into a screenplay and keep all the key points and have it translate so seamlessly. But I don't want to get too much ahead of ourselves. Although some of the characters are played by multiple actors, the two leads are the incomparable Sir Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman. And oh my gosh, Hope, like, could this be more of a masterclass? It it couldn't. I mean, when you have like two of the most revered actors in one room playing father and daughter, it was so beautiful. And also Mark Gaddis was in this film as well, who Mm -hmm. some of you may know from Sherlock. I know I do. And I am... (laughs) a huge fan of his so that was a fun surprise i i watched this movie with my parents and we had also watched sherlock together you know back in the day and my dad is a huge fan and when mark came on screen we both like looked at each other we were like oh oh my gosh this is so amazing how did this just get so much better so mark we love you (laughs) i have not seen sherlock but i will that's another thing that i'll have to put on my my very very long list of films to watch but i was so excited to see this because first of all i 
I, okay, I need to watch Olivia Coleman in The Crown. That is on my list. Madeline, come on. I know. I know. I need to. I need to. But I love, 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 love Olivia Coleman in The Favorite. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm, I might watch that like later today because now that I'm saying <laughs> it, too. I'm like, I need to rewatch. I need to rewatch. I love her in that. She won an Oscar for the performance. And oh my gosh, like, I just think she is so brilliant. I gotta, I gotta give it to the British actors. <laughs> like, they just, they just know. So often they're classically trained. They understand dialogue and like, oh, they're, mm, she's so good. I could. I'm starting an Olivia Coleman fan club. Yes. So anyone who would like to join, Hope and I are co-presidents. Okay, perfect. <laughs> yes. But also Sir Anthony Hopkins. I actually, I listened to a little bit of a podcast with him and he doesn't do a lot of press or media. And he did a podcast where he talked about his performance in this. And this could be one of his last performances, unfortunately. No. And that's really, really hard to no. say. And sad to say, but I feel like this, oh my God, like what a journey we go on with his character. Oh my gosh. I mean, okay, let's get into it because this is so heartbreaking. I want to watch it with my family when I go home next month, but I'm like, are we emotionally prepared? I need to sit them down and be like, know that this is going to be painful. Know that this is going to rip your heart out and then maybe put it back, maybe <laughs> not. You're just going to have to sit with it and deal with it like, you know, true theater does. Yeah. But like in a way, I want everyone to watch this because I feel like it's something we can all relate to. I watched it with my coworker in theaters and after we both were like crying and I walked home because I saw it I saw it over on the west side and I walked back home and I was like like sniffling and usually I like listen to music or listen to a podcast on my way home but I didn't listen to anything and I was just like walking and I was like in my feelings literally numb like oh my god and I got home and I was like oh my god I just like haven't like cried like that in a while I also feel like watching it in theaters, like, not that that made me emotional, but, like, you're really immersed in Mm -hmm. it. You can't get distracted by, like, oh, somebody texted me or, oh, like, I'm going to go grab a drink and pause it. You know what I mean? So, like, keeping with that momentum, oh, it it really got to me. This story is so true and devastating at the same time. It's following Anthony Hopkins' character, Anthony. (laughs) That's his character's name. And we see his character, he's refusing help from his daughter and assistance as his mind is slowly deteriorating. And I think that this is something that whether you've experienced it firsthand or you know somebody, it is so painful to watch someone still be here and still be with you, but mentally not be. Yeah. And I think that is really a testament to Olivia Coleman's performance. She is a caretaker for her father and he's living in his flat and he's suffering from dementia. He keeps forgetting all these important life events and we see that he keeps mentioning his daughter who we learn has passed away and it's this constant daily struggle that Olivia's character Anne is going through with her father and I think the part that made me most emotional I'm like the part that made me cry the most <laughs> but it's true is the fact that as we age we're 
almost going backwards. Yes. And back to this childlike state. And it reminds me of like with a kid when you're taking care of a child, it's like constantly reminding them like, hey, oh, no, you left it here. And them getting upset and, you know, thinking it's the end of the world. And oh my gosh, I can't find my toy. Or oh my gosh, I can't find this. And Anthony's character, Anthony, has this happen with his watch several times where he's like, I I can't find my watch or I don't have my watch. And she's like, dad, dad, it's right over here. I You remember you put it here. And seeing that and seeing this constant remember, remember she's not here. Oh no, dad, dad, no. And I'm like gonna get emotional about this all over again. But I thankfully have not personally experienced this, but dementia is so real and it made me think about how as a kid you look up to your parents and you think that they, at least I did, for a long time thought my parents knew the answer to everything. You know what I mean? You ask them a qu- because also when you're a child, your your questions are you know, probably pretty basic, but you know, you ask your parents a question and they know the answer or you need help with something and they know exactly what it is. And I think that, I don't know, I think about this often. I'm like, when's that moment when like I asked my parents a question and they didn't know the answer? And in a sense, relating this back to COVID, it's made me think so much about how kids are growing up nowadays and how we as adults don't understand what's going on and how we want to help kids understand like, oh, this is what's happening but we don't know when we're going to be done wearing masks Mm -hmm. we don't know when things are going to be better and and we're starting to see that more so now but given like last year we didn't know the answers and how that sort of naiveness has kind of been stripped away and it's so interesting watching this how as we get older and older and especially like people with dementia they kind of go back to this state and it's then the child that's caring for the parent and it's the child who has the answers and has to remind them. And just seeing that flip and also seeing how strong but also emotionally and mentally drained and exhausted Olivia's character Anne was heartbreaking. So heartbreaking and seeing it is it, like taking care of a child. Like I said, it's like coming home from work and she's making him dinner and all this. And, and she wants to find him help. She wants to find him a caretaker and have assistance. And it's this very, very slow transition. It Once again, it reminds me of taking care of a child. And, you know, when you're babysitting or you're nannying and you take the baby and the parents have to leave and they get upset and they don't want somebody else to take care of them. It's right exactly like that, like the parallels. And we'll get to this later, but seeing at the end, I mean, Anthony Hopkins' character, just the journey that he goes through. And at the end, I mean, <laughs> once again, I'm like, this this was the part that really made me cry hope but the ending oh my I, I was bawling my eyes out I was sobbing I had my mask on and I'm like this is a Ugh. mess with the mask I just need to wipe my tears but I need to be safe you know it was so so emotional yeah it's very difficult to watch and I was so surprised how true to life it felt I saw a lot of my grandmother in Anthony's Mm. character throughout the entire film, especially in the moments of when they would have the caretaker come in to interview and suddenly 
you know, he he lights up and he turns on and and he tells her, you know, that he was a tap dancer and he takes a shot of whiskey and you know is like Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. That's that's definitely my grandma. She knows how to turn it on in front of people a lot. But that's also something she's always done, like even before she entered her late stages of life. But seeing that as a as a characteristic, you know, of of growing old and losing some of your faculties, it it was so personal and honestly like hit a little too close to home for my taste like i i did not even rate this film on my letterboxd because it felt so personal that like i don't know how i could give it any kind of objective rating like good or bad because it i i feel like i'm in too biased of a place and i almost like couldn't appreciate all of the beautiful cinematic aspects of it like the incomparable set design and how disorienting it was and you know the the structure of the film how it was made to disorient the audience and really put you in the shoes of anthony (laughs) i don't like like 10 minutes into the movie after like you know we get the first change of actors playing the same character and Mm. and then you know the the paint changes in the apartment and and some of the furniture switches my mom looks at me and she's like angry she's like i don't understand this i don't i don't get what's happening what's happening which i think is a a great use of uh pathos in film and like getting that reaction out of people to really understand what it might be like to be an elderly person suffering from memory issues because also like none of us can really know like i don't i don't think florian zeller knows what it's like to be an elderly person with dementia because like the, the dude's only in his 40s like <laughs> how could he know but right but it's right Oh, it's so, so fascinating and so personal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the switching of actors is this sort of, I don't want to say replicating, but it puts the audience in this situation and the point of view that Anthony is mm-hmm. in and how you think you recognize somebody, but it's not them and you, it's, a, it's a stranger or you think somebody is somebody else. And with when you have dementia, I'm not saying this happens to everybody where you just confuse people, but or you're in a place and it seems unfamiliar. And like you said, I don't think I would have had a clear understanding of what exactly he was going through had that not happened. Yes. You know what? And that was that was something I would never uh, I can't say never, but. I don't know if I would think of. It was so smart to do that because how else can the audience understand? Exactly. And then I was getting frustrated as an audience member to watch this and as a viewer to be like, "What's real? Yeah, what's real? Tell Who's me the who? truth. Which apart exactly? Which apartment are we in? I'm confused. It put me in the place of Anthony, and otherwise, I feel like we would have been more distant from the yes. story if we had watched this and been like, oh, 
so sad. We would be sympathizing rather than empathizing. And I think that is a skill as a filmmaker that, I mean, it really is a skill to make a film that, I mean, speaking from my standpoint where thankfully I have not really experienced this with, with grandparents or anyone that I'm super close with seeing constantly, you know, to really see Mm -hmm. the effects of this, to be able to leave the theater and feel so affected that I not only feel sad for the characters, but I, in a sense, feel like I have a touch of understanding. Yeah. Is incredible. And that's why I, I really, really loved this. And like you said, it's hard to put a rating on this film and not every film, you know, Letterboxd does give us that where it's like the average viewer can just leave a rating out there of what they thought. But it's hard because it almost felt like you're rating dementia rating in suffering. life and literally. I I just at times was like, this could be a documentary. Mm-hmm. Like, it felt like I was actually watching somebody struggle, which, like you said, was was painful to watch. And again, if I'm watching this with my family, I need to give them like a full briefing. I feel like this needs to have like a little opener at the beginning. That's like almost. Like a I was just. Warning. I was like, thinking that too. <laughs> like after. I finished watching this. I was like, you know, I knew what this was about going into it, but I did yeah, I did same. not realize how upsetting it was going to be. Like I as a caretaker for an elderly person, like I did really need a trigger warning desperately. Like mm. I I feel like I don't want to say that I like be dramatic or anything that I have like PTSD from watching this. Um because it was beautiful and like I did love it and I am excited to watch it again someday but i don't know like in in the immediate aftermath of it like i was so drained and so mm. upset not not only like for me like like oh pity poor me like you know that kind of stuff but like for all of the people that that this is happening to because you know humans are living longer now so like these things are so Mm -hmm. prevalent and so common now especially with the rise in like the senior care industry like it's it's so difficult and it's such a power struggle too because now it's like kind of like the student surpasses the master kind of thing and like the person you're supposed to revere and honor your whole life is now someone that you have to treat as if they are your own child and whether or not they're going to accept help or or listen to you or if they're going to become angry with you and it's it's a lot of emotional baggage because we do see at moments you know anthony lashing out on Anne. oh my gosh the, the, okay a trigger warning is needed for this film for like that scene alone with the man coming in and tormenting anthony oh, you know and then he you know actually slaps him and and is hitting him like i oh my gosh i wanted to crawl out of my own skin so bad is so so upsetting so upsetting every everything about this was upsetting but you know like in the in the good way like if this film wasn't as upsetting as it is it would have missed the mark completely i want to be like this needed to be upsetting i needed to be upset by this but otherwise if we weren't i feel like we would have been distant from it well we wouldn't be talking about it now it wouldn't be nominated for anything Um, it would have just been like oh okay that was that was a nice movie the sets were pretty and um olivia coleman had 
cute costumes and like funky earrings. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> I, yeah. Those moments of anger and frustration were so difficult to watch. And especially from the character of Anne's point of view, seeing her have to go with this. And, you know, he doesn't remember the last time he was angry. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't realize like he's upset about the same thing every day. Right. He can't find his watch. Or he thinks that she's moving to Paris or that her different husband and I don't know about you, Hope, but like the whole thing with him getting hit, I didn't know if that happened. There was this whole thing with like almost everything that happened. I'm like, but did it happen? Right. Yeah. I'm I'm or, truly not sure he, which timeline of everything that we were seeing was the truth. I mean, obviously, like mm-hmm. Olivia Coleman and Rufus Sewell, they were mm-hmm. The, the true people. So anytime we saw Mark Gaddis or Olivia Williams who play the man and the woman respectively, like that was false. They were the made up, confused other versions of right. everyone. But yeah, I mean, I don't and, and know. I, I don't know like what, wh- again, like what's the truth? Show me the truth. I'm still confused. Like was she actually going to Paris or or was that something he was remembering from like a long time ago like that might have happened to her and that was like a an other failed relationship something like I I don't I don't know which I think is again part of why it's so good because it is that upsetting and you know we we expect films to have truthful reliable narrators and Mm -hmm. when you don't get that that you know shifts expectations it's it's breaking the rules and that's what makes film exciting so oh well i guess we'll never know and i'll be confused for the rest of my life oh well (laughs) well (laughs) i i want answers you know what i mean Uh, leaving a film i want to be like oh i understand it and you know i want to have discussions with people like i talked about it after with my friend who i went to see it with and now i'm talking about it with you but at the end of the day like neither of us are going to have the Mm -mm. answers and i don't even think maybe florin zeller has an understanding of what it was but i don't think as viewers we're supposed to be like oh so this was the real apartment and then these were the real characters and this is what actually happened we leave not knowing either we leave in the same place that Anthony is in unsure and not knowing what's going to happen next not knowing where he actually lived if he was remembering from the past or we were watching it happen in present Mm -hmm. time we don't know but I think at the end we're sort of getting this sense of clarity because we see that he is eventually put into um, like assisted Mm -hmm. living and he has a nurse who is played by Olivia Williams and and he has another nurse played by Mark Gaddis and I think that is where in his moments that we see earlier where he's confusing his daughter and her husband with them you know maybe that was something when he was in the home he sees Mm -hmm. them and he thinks that it's his children and this also happens he has a caretaker Laura um, who's played by Imogene Poots and he thinks that 
that's his daughter Lucy, who we learn has passed away. And he has a moment where he wakes up and he walks out of the flat and he's in a hospital. Oh, I hated that. He I hated his it. daughter. I was so mad. It was so oh, upsetting. So, okay. Another thing that I'm like, okay, if I saw this on stage, I would have absolutely no idea. And even watching it, maybe you can tell me because you didn't watch this in theaters and maybe you were able to pause or rewind at this moment. But when he sees his daughter in the hospital, was that a different actress or that was Imogene Poots? Honestly. Like, was this another mm. illusion of a different person that he thought was somebody else or was it, was he seeing her? I didn't, I didn't know. I, I'm pretty sure it was Imogene on the table, but I okay. think she did look so different that like we were supposed to think it was a different actor and that like it actually was his daughter okay that was yeah. what that was my understanding of it but again as i've already said i don't understand anything <laughs> right <laughs> no, no no not right yeah you don't, I don't understand, understand anything no, I, <laughs> about this film at all and i don't yeah want to. that's the thing <laughs> but once it's revealed that he's seeing his nurses as this sort of back and forth he sees his daughter as the nurse his nurse as his daughter his other nurse as his son-in-law back and forth where we see his son-in-law hit him but then we see that he often confuses his nurse mm -hmm. and his son-in-law it made me think that possibly the nurse is abusing yeah, him yeah which which again is a huge it's thing another another layer and level in depth and then you see him walk in and you're like, wait, that's his nurse? That wasn't just a random person that he was like confusing? Yeah, or imagining. And, right, imagining. And that was, he thought that guy hit him. Maybe he hit him in the nursing home. I mean, this sounds like jumbled up gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't even know how to explain it better because I don't even understand because it was this back and forth of this person to that person. And I mean, Anthony doesn't understand. And eventually he gets to this emotional breakdown and he has this inability to understand the world anymore. He mm -hmm. is extremely, extremely confused. And this was the moment that I mentioned earlier that I wanted to wait to get to because I didn't want to jump ahead just to my favorite parts. But he ends up saying over and over how he wants his mom and he's confused about where Anne has yeah. gone. Uh, the nurse says that Anne moved to Paris and she visits occasionally on the weekends, but he is crying and hyperventilating and this again like when a child is upset and you're just trying to calm them and soothe them but they're almost upset that they're upset that they just can't catch their breath and you're like just breathe just breathe and again this is one of the moments that I really got me and I was very emotional because it was like watching a child be dropped off at preschool and crying because they want their mom to come back and seeing this man who who is, I mean, Anthony Hopkins is 83. I'm not sure how old his character was supposed to be, but seeing someone who is old and, you know, we we look towards that generation as having so much wisdom and knowledge and living through wars and not to say that we haven't lived through things, but 
they have had so much time and lessons learned and to see them resort back to this moment of just mm-hmm. wanting their mom is, is so humanistic and childlike but i don't mean chi- childlike i feel like often has this like negative connotation to it of like oh you're acting like a child but i don't mean that in a negative way i mean it in this purest raw sense of when we're a child we are we haven't been so touched by the Mm -hmm. world you know what I mean you're removed we are so you're removed and he has gotten back to this point where he's frustrated and upset and he just wants his mom and oh my god oh my god the nurse then comforts him and he cries and she says we'll we'll go outside we'll go to the park later oh my yeah I hope I I can't I I see old people in the park now and I get emotional. <laughs> this movie has I can never done look at the old me. person in the park the same ever again. <laughs> I know I literally can't. Like I was in the park the other day and there was this old man and it was his nurse and here I am going to tell stories about old people but they melt my heart and he was in a wheelchair and his nurse had sneakers on and they were going down a hill and just running it well okay the the nurse was running and to push the man on the wheelchair and that made me so emotional I was like he just wants to run like a kid again like when we're old we just want to I say when we're old me literally 20 years old being like now that I'm old I get it I want to go back to the childlike state but it's that like searching for where we started and even if Anthony doesn't mean to you know he is trying so hard to be an adult and to drink his whiskey and eat his dinners with his family and take care of himself and put on his watch and he doesn't want assistance naturally we go back to that and At the end of the day, I think that this film highlighted that in the most beautiful way. And it was so truthful that it was so raw and heartbreaking. And like you said, I would recommend this to quite literally anyone and everyone, but with a very, very strong warning. I had seen the trailer and had been looking forward to this since I want to say like last May or so and I just don't think I had a full grasp of what exactly it was but also how can they do that in the trailer and not give it away but yeah this is an extremely extremely personal and emotional film and I hope that now that it's out in theaters and then theaters are opening back up that it gets seen and if anything it can help audiences realize that they're not in this alone it can often feel like especially when you're a caretaker that you are with this person I'm sure and so many times felt like she was the only person caring for Anthony and and at many times she probably was but also maybe seeing that other people are taking care of their elders and if you're not then there might be a time that comes that you are later on and finding ways to navigate that and it's so hard to do what's best for the person we can see that 
I don't think it was easy for Anne to put her father into a home. And she tried to find any assistance that she could for him to stay where he was. But at the end of the day, that that wasn't what was best for him. And ultimately, it wasn't what was best for her. She had to continue and maybe or maybe not move away to Paris. That's unclear. But I felt like we were able to see both her side and his side. And gosh, I I feel like I learned from this film and I was able to empathize with the characters and at the end of the day it made me have more sympathy and understanding for the people that I know in my life including you hope that are caretakers for their loved ones and how much patience that takes and you really have to come from a place of love and understanding, which can be very, very difficult as mm-hmm. we see in this film with Anne's character. And yeah, I just feel like this film really, it, I mean, it was heartbreaking, but it needed to be because it opened, it really opened my eyes into another piece of life. I, exactly. And I think aside from being upset and besides films making you upset, I think empathy is the greatest thing a film can give. And mm. that's how you know when you did a good job. So Florian, you done good. Thank you for this. As upsetting as it may be, it's it's important. And I hope uh, within the next couple of months that, you know, it goes on to a streaming service or something so it will become more widely accessible to people because it's it's something that needs to be seen. I think it's it should be one of those things that's like a prerequisite to your parents getting old, like like if if you if your right. parent gets diagnosed with like dementia or alzheimer's or something the doctor should be like and now here's some supplemental material i'd like you to watch the father and come back to me with any thoughts questions um because it's it's that it's that good and and it's that true to life and authentic and then everyone would be like and everyone would say thank you but no i'm resigning i'm moving to a new country and changing my name don't call me i'll call you (laughs) i very much very much (laughs) but hope i'm so glad that we talked about this film today whether it's a film that makes us super happy we love it this film at the end of the day, it didn't no. make me happy. It made no, me really I'm not happy. sad. But that doesn't mean I'm not happy about this. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean I don't right. love it. I really, really did love this movie. I would like to rewatch it when I am ready yes. to rewatch it. I don't think that'll be anytime soon because I'm still recovering from the last time that I watched it. But I look forward to viewing this again, seeing the incredible performances that Sir Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman give and the rest of the cast, mm-hmm. honestly, did an incredible, incredible job. I loved that it was a small, small cast that felt very true to theater. The way that the scenes were split felt very true to theater. I would recommend this to anyone and everyone with the full disclosure that careful it is very true to life you can watch it on amazon direct tv fandango google play microsoft redbox <laughs> and youtube for 19.99 in 4k yes it is a rental yes it also is available in theaters where your theaters are open and if you get the chance to see this please do it is a very 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 moving piece. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode. 
You can follow us on Instagram at Podcast and on TikTok at Cinemachicks. And if you want to be friends, you can follow me on Instagram at Madeline Daisy Rancourt and on Letterboxd at Madeline Daisy. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at HJoha. And before we end today, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Olivia Coleman's costumes, specifically her fantastic earrings, the beautiful set design of London flats, and empathy for making us emotional wrecks. Thanks for listening, everyone. I'm so glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you.